Hello, beautiful people. My new play, The Velveteen Rabbit, is now playing in Adventure Theater MTC in Glen Echo. My adaptation of the classic book not only retains all of Marjorie Williams's magic and heart, but expands it theatrically into a world of imagination containing fantastical adventures, singing busts, and a jabberwocky. Go to adventuretheater-mtc.org for tickets and performance information. The Velveteen Rabbit, now playing adventuretheater-mtc.org for tickets and performance information. Before we get started, I need to thank some new Patreon patrons. Thank you, Rachel Alexandra Mantufel and Lindsay Bollinger, for becoming patrons of the original cast. We got a bunch coming in here at the end of the year, and I'm so excited to have you uh, on the team. Are we a team? We could be a team. I don't know if we'd be good at sports. We'd probably be good at. Have you guys ever watched Team Handball? I'm so excited for Team Handball at the Summer Olympics this year. Team Handball is just absolutely. The most banana sport it has nothing to do with cast albums. I should probably stop talking about it. But if you want to be like Rachel and Lindsay and listen to me talk, would you guys listen to a podcast about Team Handball? This is probably the wrong format for this. This is not the right time. You just need to go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod and talk about handball. No, you need to go uh, pledge money to the original cast. That's what Patreon's for. There are a few tiers of patronage you can join, but they all come with access to our bonus monthly podcast, the original cast, At The Movies. This month's, uh, right now on that feed, you've got all that jazz with Amanda Zeitler and Heather C. Jackson. Coming up soon in a couple weeks, you've got me and Robbie Rizal talking about the documentary Original Cast Album Company. And there's also going to be a special bonus episode related to that on the main feed on the same day. So get excited about that. So go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod to become a patron of the original cast. Thanks, Rachel and Lindsay. All right, here's the show. They sell Pringles now. <laughs> Have you noticed that? We went. Really Kimberly went. Uh, Kimberly and I went and saw uh, Beetlejuice a couple weeks ago, and uh, they were just like they had Pringles and like all the other snacks too. I sell. And I was like, things. and I was like, yo, I was like, Kimberly, I was like, who's eating Pringles? Like really? Like who's buying those? And then like and literally, then, I went up to go like before the show started, go to the bathroom, and I'm seeing everyone eating Pringles out of the little like half cans, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, everyone's eating Pringles. I was like, everyone's eating Pringles. And then sure enough, intermission rolls around, and Kimberly leans over and she goes. I kind of want some Pringles. I kind of want some Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sure enough, I was like, damn it, I do too. I really do. <laughs> so we got some Pringles. Man, it's just, I was just like, I don't know. It's like, it's not trashy if they're selling it. It's not like I brought it in. It's a messy eat though. Like, yeah, it's, no, but here's the thing. If you want like a little salty, a salty little I know, get crunch. That. Yeah, yeah. What, are they going to sell Lay's out of the bag? That's no, so, they can't do that. So, that's that's true. so loud. That is very loud. It's the perfect. It's, it's the, in the perfect it's chip. In the cylinder. If you got to have a chip at the it's theater, it's not a chip. Uh, well, do you know this? This this rule. It's, cor- like, it's the cork board of it's chips. A, well, it's a what do they call it? It's they pressed call it potato. They, but they call them. I think they call them crisps. Oh, okay. They're not allowed to call them chips because they are the shave like leftover crunched things put in yeah, that form. Yeah, they just smush them. It's like a, right. Yeah, it's it's, a it's all real food. It's just then form. It is, but it's all formed. I mean, into technically, that they could just put whatever food they wanted to in that shape and sell it in Pringles. Well, games. they kind of do because of the flavored Pringles they sell. Oh boy. They, you know, yeah, pizza flavored Pringles. Ooh. Gets all. But yes, they do sell Pringles. See now I want a Pringles. Now, <laughs> Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew. Not with you to lean on, darlings, you 
Hello and welcome to the Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is a comedian, host of Previewed on YouTube, also on the Broadway Baby podcast. He does bunches of stuff. It's Jay Schmidt, ladies and gentlemen. Hey guys, how you doing, Jay? I'm excellent. How about yourself? I'm doing just fine. It's we're in a warm room in an audition studio. Now that we stopped moving, it actually feels it a feels a little better. better. Okay, we're at Ripley Greer for all of you right. New York theater people. <laughs> yes, we are. I, when I first moved to New York and started auditioning, I was living in uh, Connecticut, randomly through a friend. A, a, sure. My mom's best friend. They had a place for me to crash up there. I didn't know anyone in New York really. And right. I was, I was like, I just want to start auditioning. I was still like, I don't, I don't know how. how moving into New York is like, it was just the tallest mountain, and I was like, <laughs> I don't even have shoes. I was like, I got nothing. So, but I, but the the Grand Cent, I would come in through Grand Central. Right. And like that life was because I would come because the thing is like I was EMC like so I had to just like I had to get to auditions, you know, before the sun came up in order to get seen. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, hello, I know it's 430 in the morning, but I would like to be in your production of Camelot, please. (laughs) I'm nowhere near right for this. You're correct. But here here I am. am. And I'm so enthusiastic. Don't I look good in my headshot? Uh, Yeah. uh, But it was just me and like my full on pajamas and then just dudes in suits. And like the train's just packed. And I was like, this, I can't, this is a whole different world. It's a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. The commuter lifestyle is a whole like. Sorry. I'm just bringing up the, uh, the track list. Ah, well, cause we're here to talk Uh, about. I just wanted to. Segue. Good. It's a good segue. Professional podcaster. Segues into, we're talking about. The Full Monty. Let it go. Let it go. Loosen up. Yeah. I know the answer to this question, but I'll ask it anyway. How did the full Monty come into your life? Um, it was uh, my senior year of college. We did a production of it. Yeah, that's to, what I thought. Yeah, I went to Ithaca. I found the photos. Oh, you really? They're on the website. Are they really? Did you know that? Yeah. On the Ithaca website? My, so my wife, who is a huge fan of Broadway Baby. Oh, that's great. And listens before I do oh, every week. And will right. often say things like... Tells me if I come up or okay. like says, oh, and this week they're talking about, oh, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. And Alex doesn't know what this is. You know, oh, that's she, great. she loves it. Um, but she, I said, I'm getting together with Jay and he, we're doing the Fumati and he did it at Ithaca. And she went, oh God, are there pictures? I was like, I, I don't know. I'll look later. <laughs> and like five minutes later, she's like, I found the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Sent me the link. It's the whole theater season. But in any event, yes, you were in the Fumati at Ithaca uh, with Brian. Yes. Who's also in the pictures. Oh, yeah, with Brian from Broadway. So with some fascinating hair. Yeah, and, his hair um, was really long. Yeah, it was, yeah. and it's pretty. So that that was your first experience with with the full Monty. Um, I had like known the show here and there, and I'd sung some things mm-hmm. like in you know rep and whatnot because it was you know it was one of those when you are like a straight boy in theater, there are like that is 
those songs come up mm-hmm. when it's just like, hey, like I need manly songs. Do right. we, are there any manly? Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. I, I know I'm singing. I know I'm getting a BFA in musical theater, but I'd like a manly song. Right. Do you have that? Like I get this one's called Man. Right. You, you want to sing that one? So it's like it kind of it, it, when you're when you're still figuring, you know, you're getting your sea legs. You kind of gravitate towards it a little bit. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I yeah. So I kind of fell in love with it there, and uh, I thought we did a really nice job with it. We also were com- did we were the way that they staged it, and the way that our director told us was he goes, "Look, uh, before if we had like a meeting before even like the first reading, he was like, hey, so I don't know if you've read the script, but if these guys don't get naked at the end, there's literally no point to this entire show." He was like, so the way I'm setting it up is like, we're going to do the backlight like they did on Broadway, but there is going to be a millisecond where you are full on naked on stage. He's like, I want everyone to get like a, just a, just a flash right. of nudity and then it's down. It'll yeah. be very tasteful. But he's like, if you're not get, if you're not stripping, then what are we even doing here? And I was like, cause he was like, if you don't want to do the role because of it, right. we can figure it out. But like. We're do you're you're doing the full Monty up there. The sure. show is called oh, the, the Full, full Monty. Monty. Yeah, like you're doing it. So and everyone's like, okay, yeah. all right. So yeah, we had the opposite meeting when I did hair in college at Catholic University, and we're told under no circumstances is anyone getting naked at the end of Act One. Um, really? Yeah. Why it, do hair then? Well, I think hair is a. I'm actually talking about hair tomorrow with Serena Berman. I oh, think cool. hair is. An incredibly underappreciated show from a writing standpoint. And I would actually, agree. I would love to see, I wish there was film of the original Broadway end of Act One production to see, because you have, like, unlike in the, the closing of Full Monty, where you guys are stripping and yeah. then, like, there's just one thing left and then it's bang and you're out. Yeah. And you can find a GIF of that moment from the original Broadway cast oh, really? online. Yes, you can. Um, You've done your research. I have huh? done my research. <laughs> uh, I was like, I wonder. Oh, there it is. Um, the, uh, the Google was a full Monty Patrick Wilson, by the way. Just scroll down. Okay. Um, but you have, like, a millisecond to go theoretically from your costume to fully naked at the end of the first act of hair. Yeah. It's supposed to happen during the line freedom and everybody like, and then like not yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. but some people get naked. And I remember wearing the, the like the 1968 garb that I was wearing and being uh-huh. like, I could not get these pants off in the time allotted. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? They're so tight. Yeah. And, and there's like oh, four yeah. buttons. And like, so what, yeah, a lot it. of us took our shirt, you were allowed to take a shirt off and the women had to not wear nude bras. That was another rule. Um, but like, so a lot of us took our shirts off at the end of it. So uh-huh. there was some kind of, but I remember sitting there being like, I don't think any of us could get naked in the amount of time you're supposed to get naked in at the oh, end yeah, of the Oh yeah, there's, so I really want to see that, like, how did you, how, like, are they just in the back, like taking off their sandals and Or there's just hiding? people off stage that just were already nude. They're or are like, they just starting to strip? Cue during, the nudity! Right. Like, <laughs> Bring on the nudes! I, I mean, honestly though, I mean, if, if, I'm sure if you saw a recording of the original production it probably was far more tasteful yeah because like, i feel like it, it, it's become like a like a a thing 
Yeah. Like, oh, the end of Act One, how are they going to do the end of Act One? And it became a thing. And it's like, I was like, I bet when the show came out, like, there was a couple of nude people. And Mm -hmm. because of the time that it came out, everyone lost their minds. Yeah. And now now it's become such a thing. So everyone has to, like, top it and one up it. So it's become a thing. But I'm sure it was actually pretty tasteful. Yeah. And just calm. I think it was just like, oh, and some. It's like, oh, I'm I'm nude and that's fine. Right. Like, because that was just the, which is the point. This is how my body is. Right. And, and, you know, of course, like, all the. You know, it, during that time frame, everyone was just like, yes. quite literally. Uh, yeah. Did. Mm. yeah. And then, oh, Calcutta came. Harumph, harumph. Harumph, harumph. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. <laughs> um, but so, real, f- I think, so I had, I've never seen the show. I had not listened to it, actually. Oh, I have really? A, I have a David Yazbek sized hole in my music theater knowledge. At a he, I mean, it's fun because, I, and I don't, I think it's just the time when he came when through. When he rose up. Yeah. yeah. I was in almost done college, going out of college, and kind of, because uh, this came out for in 2000, correct? Yeah. Um, I was a junior in college, and it just sort of slid past me, with okay. his, his general work. I'm catching up with it now, and, and very much enjoying it, but it is funny that it's just a big gap in my knowledge, so I was excited to dig into it when you sent it to me. I had seen the film in the theater sure. when it came out, um, and so knew you know what was going to happen. Um, and it, of course, the film is British, which is where the yeah. expression comes from. Uh, and I do want to ask like, <laughs> the translation of the full Monty into, was it Buffalo? Is that where they it's are? It's Buffalo, It's yeah. Buffalo, New York. Um, but real fast for the audience who doesn't know, could you summarize the plot of the full Monty? Oh, it's, uh, it's Buffalo, New York. And uh, the majority of uh, the steel industry in Buffalo, if you are familiar with the town, um, uh, a lot of the industry went away. Like it was, it was a huge boom town in the time of, you know, back when, uh, you know, barges and things like that were huge, and like there's a lot of steel mills and things like that, <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of industry. Uh, funnily enough, it's actually come to a resurgence because they just built a very large uh, solar panel plant in Buffalo, and oh. so they're actually having a lot of like in, like blue collar and industry jobs going back into Buffalo. I did Buffalo. not know that. Wow. I weirdly, I shot a, an independent feature there last. Or two summers ago, wow. and it was like Buffalo was actually coming back. Like and it felt really good. Anyways, anyway, that's not regard, regardless. Yeah, but uh, a bunch of guys uh, unemployed can't really find a job. Uh, weirdly, uh, it's weirdly like a, a, it was a little bit before its time in that it was kind of this show has a lot of like women's lib stuff. Like the women were mm-hmm. working and the men weren't because they were too proud to go get jobs and. Uh, Basically, uh, all of the main characters' wives and girlfriends go see a, a strip show. And then uh, one of the guys uh, meets one of the strippers and finds out how much money he makes. And they figure, hey, like we need to make a little scratch. Why don't we strip? And they're like, well, we don't look good. It's like, yeah, but we're like the normal guys. Like the women are going to go create. Like we're the, we're the attainable guys. Right. And so it's basically Jerry and his, who convinces his buddy Dave, who I played. That was who production. you played? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they round up a motley crew of guys and put on a strip show. And That's then basically, well, but, and then they the, the the title comes from the fact that in order to differentiate their show, oh, they're going to do the full monster. They're going to go yeah, completely right. naked at the Look end. At you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Help me out. Yeah, yeah. They're, that's right. Basically, these these guys don't get fully naked. They don't do the full. They're Chippendales monster. dancers. Basically. Yeah, yeah. They get down to whatever. And so these guys are gonna, you know, really. Yeah. They're let gonna it all hang out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
And the cast for the original, I, I did not realize. The cast the is cast really good. The cast production is astonishing. Yeah. So it's Patrick Wilson, mm-hmm. um, recent Tony winner, Andre DeShields. Yeah. My marvelous prize. <laughs> As, I, I gotta be honest, his his Tony Award acceptance speech oh my was maybe one of the best. Oh, it's a transcendent moment. It, was, it is one of those. I was like, this is why you tune into this. I was like, this. 100%. It also, I think, what's so funny to me about the show, another reason it probably skipped past me was honestly because of snobbery. Because it was during this time where there were, I mean, it's still happening today. We, we live in this moment. I was actually just talking about this with Adam Guan. Um, that movie adaptations of musicals, when you're in, when I was in college, is the like lowest yes. form of, of art. And that, because of, I think so much of us, so many of us were like, we looked at big and we were like, see, that's terrible. Like don't, which is yeah, what but, we thought. But so like shows like this that would sure. come along where we knew the movie, yeah. we'd be like, nah, you know, you'd scoff and put your hand up and you wouldn't unfortunately listen to it. It's another reason though that Yazbek like skips past me because that's all he does. So yeah. like I never, it wasn't until he did Women on the Verge where I was like, oh now this is, that's an interesting movie to make into a musical. Let me dig back, you know, and then. And I think, and the fun, I, I was a very similar, I was a very similar person in that I was like, I anything that was a movie adaptation, I thought it was better than. Mm-hmm. And I think we missed out on some really full Monty sings to me. Yeah, I think it, it totally. feels like it has that that sense about it. And I was not disappointed, obviously, in how it sings. So especially. This is the first time you're listening through. Yeah, first time I heard the whole thing. Um, huh. And it was, and it was funny. It was a really like what I'm impressed with. The more uh, uh, I every time I listen to to a Yazbek uh, score is how wildly different they are mm-hmm. and also how contained they are. Oh yeah. Like I really think you could you could identify without too much trouble if I played you just the the, the melody of some of these songs like which shows they're from. If I like played For you sure. something from Bands Visit and then this and then Tootsie and then Women on the Verge, you'd kind of be able to pick they're out sonically like very studied. Yeah. Like he knows and it's one it's actually like one of my favorite things about this show in particular. I think the opening is really good mm-hmm. in that I a uh, we can all agree the fact that Yazbek still does overtures is <laughs> bless you. Yeah. <laughs> I you like say, an overture? Here's the thing. No, I don't. Yeah, I was going to say I don't like him. But I like that he still does. He them. still does it. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure I got you. Like it's a tradition that I hate but I, I I hate even more that people are like, ah, we'll get people don't like it, we'll get rid of them. It's like, no. <laughs> they are part of a musical. You will sit through the overture. You paid good money to be here. The so, band will play. So how do you how do you like your overtures? Do you like your overtures staged or unstaged? Oh, I want no. I you like, just want to sit in front of the curtain. I want to sit and I want the band to, to do sh- its thing. To do its thing. That's the whole point. The conductor comes up, takes yeah. a bow. Everyone's like, oh, isn't this great? They're going to play a little music. Oh, this is a show we're here to see. Mm-hmm. But if it's like a classic, but also like when it's a classic show, a show you know, and you hear the overture, it's just nice. Like when like when you go see, like uh, when we went and saw My Fair Lady, mm-hmm. it was just like they had played the overture and it was just like, mm-hmm. I know yeah. this song. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we're getting a little appetizer of My Fair Lady? Hell yeah. See, my, my people who like overtures, I, I think that I like overtures on Broadway. Because it gives everyone who's late a chance to sit down. 
which is really what they're for. <laughs> I mean, like really the, the the pragmatism yeah. of it and on tracks. I love on tracks because like everyone needs a minute to yeah. find their seat again. Everyone's just like, yo, I just open, I just right. open I, these Pringles. The pragmatism of that in of a Broadway show of of like having an overture so that everybody, these people who never go to the theater and like also got lost on their way there, can find their way into their seat and sit down before the show proper starts. That I greatly respect. But from an artistic standpoint, like I really don't want to spoil the music before I hear it. That's kind of always how I feel. I'm like, I want to hear this music where it belongs. Which is why I kind of begrudgingly respect Andrew Lloyd Webber's overtures, which aren't overtures. They're just the musical, like they're just a very popular song from the show without the lyrics. Sure. because it's like, well, I've only really heard, I've heard one song. I haven't yeah. heard like the whole, the whole thing. And Superstar has a tremendous overture. I mean, that, that overture is, is really, really Well, that, o- I mean, but I would say sometimes Weber writes an overture that is like story-wise, like musically starting the story. Whereas yeah. like sometimes you, like Yazbek, a lot of his overtures, at least like the ones for, the one for Tootsie and even for Full Monty, it's kind of like, it's, it's serving the purpose of like, hey everybody, sit your butts down. Right. Here we go. Here we Here's go. some it's fun It's a music. Broadway show. Like you know, the opening of Superstar, it's like it's it's lurking and it sets the tone, and then it all kind of starts. appreciate more an overture like that but mm. but again i just you know it's just nice to, it's just nice to see the conductor take a little bow you know <laughs> like come up and say right like, i hate that we don't do that anymore the conductor should come up and say hey and i'm like what's mm-hmm. up dude like or lady <laughs> you know if it's be more chill yeah right yeah it's yeah i mean it's, it's funny that i you have, uh, that's an interesting relationship with overtures that yeah. you have just um, like it. i kind of also feel I, I i am also not a fan of intermissions i will say um, well, if, but I, I, I recently had the realization, I can't remember what I went to see, but I saw something here in town and, and during intermission, I was kind of like checking out the theater and I was just like, gosh, you never get to do this. You never like Broadway houses, you get let in at the last minute and you're really quickly ushered out yeah. when it's over. Cause there's nowhere to hang out. Like they're no. not gonna let you stay. So the only chance you get to really like is look at the Helen Hayes theater is during intermission. And you're yeah. just like, oh, it's a neat theater. This is nice. So yeah, but, but. When a when a show's ninety minutes, yeah, you're in and out. Yeah, 
That's pretty great. That is pretty great. Yeah, like hundred minutes without an intermission. That's like when uh, I think you tweeted at me after we did the the episode for six on uh, right. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's an hour. Thirty six minutes and I'm out. Woo-hoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. That's I an love epic that. quote. I love it. Oh man. Ooh. <laughs> it's just when we went like like come from strange away. loops like that too. Have you heard Strange Loop yet? No. Oh, what is that? You haven't heard Strange Loop? Oh, no. we'll talk about Strange Loop right. off, off off air. Strange Loop just played at the at Playwrights, and the cast album is transcendent and I'm okay. not going to go into it now but it is also like 56 minutes oh, it's a yeah. great it's just like oh, oh, so just good. rushes through you and you're like this is so good yeah it's like the like the one of the most perfect Broadway shows I ever saw was Spelling Bee because it was 90 mm-hmm. minutes it was packed to the brim with laughs good songs you got the feels you got the hell out of yep. there Fun home, 104 minutes, and I'm out the door. Going on Ooh. one of the biggest emotional journeys of my life in the theater. It was yep. so. Oh, I forgot that was only one act. That's the hardest a stranger has ever seen me cry. <laughs> Is that fun home? <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's in. It was in the round. Yeah. And I and it was. It wasn't during telephone wire got me. Ring of oh keys got me. Telephone but, wire. But what really me got me. And what was uh, what really just affected me was uh, Cerverus when he's uh, singing the song and walking around all the pits in the stage. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like very. It was just it just overtook yeah, me. Yeah, edges of the world. Is. And I just was losing it. And then I just make eye contact across the crowd <laughs> with just like some guy who's sitting there with his wife. Just not having it, and I just and we just locked, just locked eyes. Like, we went, we're like soul met, and oh it was just. God. He was like, I was like, oh I'm no, so- <laughs> uh, like the kind where it's just like it's just all the snot. It's just yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I'm so glad I got to see him do that. That is just like. That, it, it must be like what it was. I think I tweeted at the time what it was like to see Len Carew do Epiphany at the end of Act One of Sweeney. Like just mm-hmm. that level of a performer meets a song, and it's it's perfect. It's a, like a perfect performance for me. That's yeah. Fun Home, I still think is maybe the best thing I've seen ever. It's possible. And we've seen some good stuff, but yeah. that one was like it sticks with you. It like sits in you. Yeah, because even when we went and saw Hamilton, because we, we saw Hamilton at the public, and then we saw it a couple times on Broadway, and Camilla was like, I think that's the best thing I've ever seen. I'm like, that's so fun. Oh, and she's like, are you being a downer right now? I was like, no. It's just, <laughs> she was like, you just, uh, uh, we, uh, you, uh, you, what? <laughs> she's like, why are you being like this? I was like, no, I just, I'm just saying, I, yeah. I, I like fun home better. <laughs> I do too. Okay, so actually, this is a hard crash, but I'm going to make it anyway. No, it's fine. Um, when, so when your director sat you guys down, just uh-huh. the four of you, I assume, yeah. and said, uh, you know, this is how it is. What, what was the the consensus in the room? Oh, we were all like, cool. Yeah, yeah. It was, was all, it was all just kind of like, it was one of those things where we were all like, were we were all appreciative of them being like thoughtful about it. Sure, but it was kind of like, yeah, we're down to clown. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. We're on college. Who cares? Like, but right. also we had a, we also had a tradition in. Uh, the Ithaca Theater School Department has it operates kind of like a fraternity or sorority in that there are a lot of traditions, mm-hmm. and and there were, I don't I'm not gonna blow up any spots or, uh, but the, the nudity was was something we'd already we'd already worked through. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Um, I don't even know if they still do that anymore. They may have kind of crashed down on that. Sure. We, there was some, there was some 
crazy tradition. Anyways. Anyway. But yeah, we were we were we were good to go. But uh-huh. it was teching it was a little bit of was a little tough because mm. there was there were some light cues that didn't uh, that didn't happen when they said they were going to, and so it was just kind of like. Before I say what I'm about to say, sure. How family friendly is this show? <laughs> how friendly friendly do you want it to be? I'll tell I, you what. You say what you're gonna say, and, and then I'll can, decide yeah, yeah, if you yeah. need to reword it. Because I feel like this is the best phrase for okay. what was happening. Hit it. In that it was just like there was like during tech, there was like a good two minutes there where all of us were just hanging brain in front of all the entire cast and creative. Event. Sure. You know, it was kind of like, hey, remember how the like he was supposed to happen, and right. now we're just just, just out here. Yeah, it was the kind of thing where it's like, should I cover up? I'm just naked. Like, right. I'm comfortable enough now in my body to, but are you get? Oh, now the light's coming up? Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Thank you. Appreciate it. You got some good tech stories from Ithaca. You did. Yeah. Because that's also where you got hung up in the tree during Susan. I did get hung right? up in the tree. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that, uh, the funny thing is, is that the, the, the theater department in Ithaca performing wise is great and I got an amazing education and I like the connections I made there I've had for, I'll have for the rest of my life but the tech department there is like next like yeah it's the kind of thing where all of the uh, tech kids and all of the like uh, design kids they're all working mm-hmm. they all have jobs <laughs> like it's they have like a hundred percent job like job rate, whereas we're like actors, and we're like, hey, maybe one of us will get famous. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy Jordan did. Well, I guess we're all screwed. Well, that's it for us then. I yeah. guess we're done. <laughs> well, I mean, Ithaca mainly does. They educate character actors. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you meet you meet a lot of people from other different schools, and like you have a pretty good idea of who you're gonna meet. Yeah. And like the 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 Ithaca like stereotype is that like Ithaca like, I don't know, but they're interesting. Like. The, <laughs> You know, it's like literally like we were we were just we were we're the we're like the island of misfit toys. Sure. In a good way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of like like for me, like I've been in the city for a while. I've done okay. You know, I've joined the unions. I've worked, uh, you know, enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's but it's also like you know you I I know I have to grow into my type. Right. Like in that like I. I've looked too young, but felt too old for so long that like once, once this fate, like that's why I've stopped dyeing my hair. Cause I'm just going. Did you dye your hair? Uh, for a little while. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I have this, I, when I don't, when I shave my face, I have this old baby face and I was yeah, like, yeah. well, I'll look young and youthful ah, forever. Okay. And then that, you know, that, that boat can kind of, you know, right. the, the oars fell off and right. I was kind of like, oh no, where, where are we going? But, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's, uh, I think it's like, a, it's hard to tell because people find find their niches in different times, I mm-hmm. think. Because sure. a lot of times you have schools where it's like they're they are they have ingenues and they have pretty people who really can sing. Yeah. And they move to New York and it's just like oh, they're cool, you're a star now. Yeah. Whereas like me, it's like I got my agent because my agent said, Hey, you look like you eat pizza. Right. And he meant that as a compliment. Right. But he was like, Yeah, you can be in pizza commercials. You look like a guy that eats pizza. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Sounds great. But you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like I have to find my niche a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know, I'm talk. I, I completely forgot what we were talking about. If well, I'm we're talking honest. about. I mean, but it, we were talking about something else. But it grows into this. I think knowing your type is so you important. To, well, and not not to. It's it's a tightrope because you have to know your type. You have to know how you read, but you also have to not let that 
restrict you for sure in being like, oh, that's outside of my zone because who knows, like you might hit when you go outside of your zone. But knowing, I think if you know your type, it's a lot, it can be, it can keep you buoyant in low moments because like you say, your best roles are in the future. The roles that are written for your type are 20 years, 15 years older than you, Mm -hmm. which means in five years you'd be able to play them. Of course. Because that's how entertainment works. But like that, it's knowing that it's knowing like, oh, like this is like, if I stick with this at this level for long enough, the parts will come. And that's one thing I wish. And that's one thing, like uh, one thing I like about Ithaca, they do a field studies. Mm. And so like it's, uh, they bring all the kids from New York and they network with like Ithaca grads and, you know, they do talkbacks and, you know, Mm -hmm. and the one thing I always tell people, I'm like, this like show business is a business. And I was like, and that's not, and this is not me being like, this is, it's hard and it's real y'all. You got to like toughen up, but it's more just like, you are what you're selling. You need to know your product. Mm -hmm. Cause I just thought I was moving. Like, like I said, I was getting up 5am to go to Camelot calls when I had no business being there. I wouldn't change it cause I needed to learn how audition works. works. Right. Like it was just kind of like getting reps in, but it's just kind of like, Hey, Know what you're good at, mm. and don't and don't think just because you're inherently good at something means that you need to focus on getting better at other things. Right. Because sometimes it's just like, yeah, you're good at that. Do that. Yeah. People like that because you're good at it. And so much of it is just hanging around, is just not giving up. I mean, we've know we've all known people who are more talented than us. Yeah. Who don't do this anymore mm-hmm. for whatever reason, because they don't like it, or they never really wanted to do it, or yeah. they got to be too much. Like so much of the people I know who have succeeded, especially long term, will all say, I wasn't the funniest, I wasn't the best, I wasn't the... I was there. I was there. I was good enough, and I was there when they needed me to yeah. be there. And that's so much of it, oh, which totally. is depressing in some ways. But in other ways, I think it's very like, no, just just don't quit. The secret is to not quit, kind of. Because like, it's really good. It's really, yeah. Man, it's, it's bull riding show business. Oh, like, really it's is. just like, you just got to hold on, and it's going to start bucking, and you just got to just... You got to get your eight seconds in. Right. It's going to buck you off. And then you get right back you on really and you do, do it. it again. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And there you go. That's how it works. Yeah. I feel like there's a bucking transition in Full Monty, but I, there isn't. I <laughs> there's a character named Horse, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when you played... So the, this is funny to me, though, also, like, that you were so... I guess, as you say, if the school had, like nudity traditions you were comfortable in front of your classmates to a certain extent but you're playing a character like all the characters in it are supposed to be unattractive in certain ways because yeah. like, there's that whole song which song is that where they all go through is it the goods it's the uh, the goods yeah he's fat he's old he's skinny he's bald he's short he's fat he's old he's skinny he's bald he's short he's I'm not also kind of funny watching the movie where like Robert Carlyle played Jerry who's a spindly little man at that yeah. point in his life but like Patrick Wilson on the Broadway production yeah, Patrick, looks like Patrick Wilson yeah he's built he's pretty jacked yeah, yeah. and he's yeah, he kind of looks like Captain America a little, little bit. bit yeah yeah he's like oh man like I, I, I'm, I might be 
I might be out of my league. It's like, no, I think you're good. You bro. think you're right where you need I to be. I think I think you they want they want to see you do the thing. It's my it's a little bit of my problem with him in even though I think he's great in the in the role uh, in um, Angels in America because there's the scene where he gets naked on the beach and he looks fantastic and I'm over, <laughs> and I am a little bit just like you're not supposed to look that good. Yeah, like you're supposed yeah, yeah. to look kind of like a normal dude like you're you're yeah. white bread and, and when he has the suit like when, when he's dressed when he's dressed he looks white bread but the minute he starts taking his clothes he's off he's kind of built like a Ken doll have you ever noticed yeah. that about Patrick Wilson he kind of looks like a he looks like a, an act like a G.I. Joe oh like sure yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, box yeah. Mm-hmm. like he just is like hello yeah. right <laughs> hello citizen yeah he doesn't look <laughs> he does. real he looks like a superhero yeah yeah I mean in, in the older he'd been like you know, him and Christopher Reeve would have both been up for for Superman in, totally. that, in that time. Totally. Yeah. I want to say before I forget on 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 recording though, your your YouTube show previewed has the second catchiest theme song of any YouTube show oh, for me in the world. It's Jay and Adam. It's the catchiest for me is a show I don't know if you've ever seen called Things I Bought at Sheets. Oh, yeah. Have you seen yeah, things yeah, about yeah. With yeah. the macros. Right. Yeah, yeah, Now it's time for things I bought at Sheets. When we, uh, when we rebranded the channel and, like, and came up with that new, the, the new song mm-hmm. uh, and we first put it out, there was like two weeks there where everyone, and I mean everyone, hated that song. Mm-hmm. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. And now we, and it was, and my co producer Adam was like, Yo, we might need to go back to the drawing board with the theme song. And I was like, hold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, just wait. I was like, it's catchy. Come I was like, they'll get it. They'll get it. I was it. like, yeah. they get it in their brain. And yeah, now we yeah. get comments. Now we just got a comment today that was just like, they're like, oh, I woke up and like I put it on and, and I didn't even have the sound on. And I sang head, along. Right. And I was like, and I heard it in my head without there being sound. And I was like, yes, yeah. good. Yes, good. that's ooh, I have you now. Um, Oh, but I got lost in my actual point for that first part. Man, we're just drifting all over the place. This is great. Um, but I think, oh, so I think my point, though, was actually being that, like, because I was talking about Robert Carlyle's a sinewy little man, is that <laughs> one of the points of the show, though, is, like I say, these guys are, are not traditionally attractive and that they, they view themselves as worthless. And the sort of, like, the stripping gives them a purpose and a focus and gives them self-worth. Yeah. Which, you know, is the thing that they need. But it's funny to me that at at that same age, like at the age of 20, if I had been asked to do what you were doing, I would have done it. Like, I'm not... Yeah. I have just enough... I'm not a coward. Well, I'm just enough of an ass that I'm just like, you know, or just enough of a like, oh God, everyone's going to be... There was a... um, I played uh, Charlie Cowell, the anvil salesman in Music Man in uh, in college. And um, there's a joke where... In the script, he's supposed to be talking about tar and feathering, and he says your hair never goes back, and he's supposed to take his hat off, and he's supposed to be bald. And they tried a bald wig on me, and it just was not working. And I said to the director, oh, I'll shave my head. And she's like, well, no, no, not completely bald. I was like, no, I'll just shave a you in my head, and that'll be the thing. And she went, no, don't do that. I was like, no, I'll do it. It's no big deal. She's like, you're on stage for 45 minutes. Do not do it. Like, she was like, do not shave your head. I still kind of wish I had. But... Like that was that's who I was as a performer. So I totally would have like yeah. There's a picture of you in the, the production with like saran wrap around your yeah, stomach. Yeah, it's, it's in the it's in the book. Is yeah. it in the book? Um, where it's like you are you are all constantly having to go through humiliating physical moments in that show. Oh. 
And I would have, as a 20-year-old, found that to be exhausting. I, got, I think I would have put on a brave face and done it and laughed about it, but there would have been part of me, especially during rehearsal, would have been like, can we please not talk about my gut? Like, if I'm being again? honest, I, had, I, I actually kind of had a little bit of a meltdown during rehearsal mm-hmm. over it, it's specifically that scene, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm kind of freaking out that that pictures oh. on the website right now. Okay. I really sent, um, in that, uh, well, I've, I've always struggled with my weight. Sure. It's always like, it's always been a little bit of a struggle. And if I'm being a hundred percent honest with you, I really wanted to be Jerry in that production cause I can sing it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm the one from Missouri. I'm like, I'm the, like the hometown, like white bread boy here. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like they picked this show so I could do this. And I was like, but then it came down to, I was like, well, I guess I'm the fat one. So I'll play the fat guy. Mm-hmm. That being said, I got a lot of out of playing the role and I, I am the funny one. So I, I should right. have it been is, Dave. It, it is the In retrospect, yeah. it was the right choice. But there was a moment where we were rehearsing that scene in particular where he has the saran wrap around him. And then he like, find, he has like a candy bar taped underneath the, the tank of the toilet. Cause he's just like, well, I'm hiding it. Right. And it was like, we were just, it's a quick scene. We're just rehearsing it. And I'm put, we're just like doing it with, with the saran wrap, figuring out how it's going to work. And I'm standing in my underwear and everyone's in the wings, just like waiting for the next scene. And I just lose it. Yeah. And I look at the director and I was like, this works, right? Can we just be done? Mm-hmm. Can we just be done? Like, I just, I was, I just, yeah, it was really, really hard. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you get, uh, like, it's, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to get like really weird no, there but for it's, a second. It, but it's but because it, it's still something I struggle with to yeah. this day. Because I hate, because I don't, f- mm. I have like a weird relationship with my weight from time to time. Mm-hmm. And that, like there are times where it's like I'm the Bacchus, I am the Kung Fu Panda, I am the like I am the Lord of the Feast. Like oh, I'm big party guy, hooray, hooray. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where it's just like I like I'm not. I'm like simultaneously so comfortable with my body and yet not at all at the same time. Yeah. And so like that process was like really I know exactly tough. what you mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I don't have much else to say. No, about that's that. totally fine. And but that, it is, I, I, well, I'm actually kind of glad to hear you say that though, in the sense of like that, it, that makes sense to me that this sort of thing would back up on you. Of yeah. Like having to constantly go out during rehearsal, especially during rehearsals, not so much during performance. I feel like during performance, since you get to do the whole show and your character gets to go on the journey and end up in the place where you are triumphant, that the bumps along the way are easier. But like in rehearsal, when it's like you say, you're just sitting there, it's not going to end. It's never, yeah. you're not going to have the catharsis today. It'll happen tomorrow when we get to that scene or it'll happen late, much later today, by which point we'll have had dinner and I'll be in a totally different mindset. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, see, that makes, makes good sense to me because I think that would have been my experience too of being like, no, I'll do it. No, I'll do it. No, I'll do it. And then like going then back to my really dorm room to and not being and able to sleep and like, you know. Yeah, I have a really, I take, I have a hard time, like I take stuff home with me. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, it's stuff when I get into it and do it, it re- like I re- really sticks around. Mm-hmm. Uh, like even when like in college shows, like we did, uh, we were doing a production of Greece because the it was the 50th anniversary of the school and they were having this big thing and they were like the theater's doing Greece. We're like we don't want to do Greece. And they're yeah. like all of these families are coming. We're You're doing, doing Greece. Greece. Yeah. And it was like so I was like okay. Uh, Jeremy Jordan was Danny. He was very good. Um, <laughs> 
Um, but I played Eugene and I was the nerd. And it was like, it was every scene I was in, they were all just being mean to me. Yeah. And it like eventually got to the point where it was like, I kind of had to like walk it off a little bit. Yeah. Like we were rehearsing and they were being mean. And I was like, I, I just got to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the director was like, what's up? And I was like, I just, I don't want to get picked on anymore. He's like, it's Greece. I was like, I know. I know right. That's what makes it worse. But like, it, you know, it, but it also, <laughs> yeah, I just take, you know, I can still like weirdly I've done spelling bee a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I can spell better with my foot. Mm-hmm. You just take stuff home, you know, yeah. and good or bad. It's just kind of like it stuff sticks with you. Yeah. Like I just think like, I just, but especially when they like, when it taps into something you're uncomfortable with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nobody likes to get made fun of, but some of us have experiences with it that like we've accepted and we've dealt with, yeah. but they exist underneath the, I had this experience very recently where, um, my son wanted to, who is on the autism spectrum, wanted to run for student council. And he said he wanted to run for vice president. And um, he said one of the funniest things I've ever heard anyone say, because he was telling me what his platform was going to be. And one of the things was he wanted a, a dessert bar in the cafeteria of his school. Okay. And I said, man, how are you going to pay for that? And he said, that's a treasurer's job. And I was like, you're a good politician. I can, we can get you elected. <laughs> it was the best it was just like, that is not my problem. Um, but so he, he was, he's not great on details of things. And so he said, like, I wanted to, we helped him write a speech for why he should be vice president. And he went in to deliver it to the class. And then when I picked him up from school, he said, it wasn't vice president. It was class rep. And okay. I had this horrifying moment that my wife later said, you need to figure that out, of him standing up and giving this speech saying he wanted to be vice president and that wasn't what was going on. Uh, and me, like, dying. Like, I died on the walk home with because him. Because he and wouldn't I was, be able to course correct. He, he wouldn't be able to course correct. Or maybe he... But I, I just... The worst... As a parent, the worst case scenario pops yeah. into my head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just freaked out the whole walk home until I got home. And like my, I came in and my wife had his look. I had this look on my face. Where my wife thought like that he'd gotten into a fight or something. And I was just like, he pulled out his his list. And because he's in fourth grade and he has a great teacher, the teacher had asked to read all the speeches. And so the teacher had gone, oh no, it's class rep, crossed out vice president, wrote class rep. He had delivered the speech properly. Oh, it was man. no big deal. Oh. And he was fine. But like God that, oh, him and he's really great. Oh. Um, it was like, it was a like you say it was a thing where like i just needed to take a lap like and be alone for a few minutes with that that feeling of just like i don't know what it was i don't know what you call it but it was that moment of just being like i can't i can't be in the world right now like yeah. this 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 tr- so this is bringing up something in me that has lain dormant and we'll just and just went back to sleep i didn't conquer it it just goes back underneath yeah. wherever it goes and something else will bring it up in the future again but it was like a terror a panic and an anger that i was just not expecting not directed at anyone in particular i wasn't mad at him i wasn't mad at the school but it was this moment of just panic and it's similar to what you're talking about i think with with getting picked on as eugene or sitting there as as dave it's this, these things of just like there's something here that's just not I can hang, but this isn't working for me. Yeah, right and now. it's. I found it's weird. Uh, it's, sometimes it's actually easier to do because you think about like when uh, I've been mainly more doing like uh, film work lately. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I'm focusing on, and 
you think that that process is going to be like the emotional aspect of it is going to be diff- more difficult because you have the camera there because mm-hmm. you have like the boom guy, but like there are certain there's certain aspects of it that it's actually like easier to go places emotionally when you are in that setting rather than like in a rehearsal when you have only because like when you're when you're shooting something or you're rehearsing something to shoot it's like it's a little bit more intimate whereas like sometimes in the theater world like you have to go there emotionally and there are people working on choreography in the wings and there are pe- right. like there are people hanging flats and things like that right. and so it can be sometimes theater work is is can it feels more it feels like more of a sport from time to time because it's like it's it's, it's a way less personal but you have to make it personal. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. But And you have to do it. I mean, you really have to like full body. You don't know where anybody's looking. There's a way with film acting where you can at least isolate being like, how far? Okay, so this part of me can, re- whatever. Okay, great. <laughs> and you only have to think about your top yeah. half. You don't have mm-hmm. to think about your like. I'm not even wearing pants. Right. You yeah, could, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what J.K. said about, what movie is that? Burn After Reading? Yeah, Shoot. yeah. He spends the whole movie behind a desk. Yeah. And he said to somebody like, yeah, could have done the whole thing without pants. You never would have known. <laughs> um, maybe he did. Maybe he was hinting at that. Uh, but yeah, I, I get, I totally get that. It's a tricky, and this, this, this show really does go to the heart. I mean, that's kind of, because that's what it ties those things into this element of masculinity, mm-hmm. um, which is actually a moment where like the show feels very 20 years ago in certain parts. Oh yeah. Because of some of the, the gender, the, the gender, the gender normative of it. And the, the, there's the scene, there's the scene where, where Jerry's trying to, to drum everybody up and it gets very like, or is it man? You're out of work. Your pride is missing. They call you jerk, but you don't listen. You haven't got a pot to piss in, but you're a man. Your hands are rough, your back is hairy, your talk is tough, your smell is scary. Here's what you're not, you're not a fairy. No, you're a beer drinking real life man. Oh, it's very, it and is it's, ones and zeros Yeah. In a hard, hard yeah, which is where, like, I would actually would love this show to get revived. But mm-hmm. I think that's where the show might run into some trouble, like nowadays. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, it's like it's it's cleverly written enough and like almost comedic enough that like if you were to overblow it a little bit, it would it would feel more like a commentary rather than because I mean yeah you listen through man and it's like. Oh, this this guy isn't just a dude. He's like a stereotype of yeah. a dude. It's like, dude, like what are like why why what 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 are you aspiring to be? Right. Like do I do you need to it, know karate and have a shotgun? Like it how may does just this... need to be a little more grounded in the aspects of like part of being like cuz it is it does exist is like how you were raised and the part of being a man is providing for your family. And so if it went, in those moments when it was connected to that I was I was with it. Totally. So it might just need to be refocused in that direction of yeah. being more like no like this is who I'm supposed to be. And then part of it though because yeah. there's something very interesting about the juxtaposition of that versus stripping which is <laughs> very much in in that kind of binary a woman's job. You know what I mean? Like it is not male strippers is a it has the it, if you say stripper, 
you picture a woman. Immediately. If you have to say male stripper to make it, yeah. to make it, to do to what they're doing. I never thought about it like that. So there is, I think it exists. I do think it would require work. I, I don't know how integrated it is into the book, but it doesn't seem to me like it needs much. It's just kind of a little like where the language goes to those places we don't want it to go. Yeah, I think Where else can we go that's more interesting? It's intention, I think, really, at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. like, but. And it's juxtaposed with some songs. Like, that song comes right before what is my favorite song in the show, which is Big Ass Rock. Let's find a rock. I mean a big ass rock. Or maybe something like a cinder block is better. I'll hoist it up and drop it on your face, my buddy. And just before the lights go out, you'll see my smile and you'll know you've got a friend with a rock. Who cares? I mean a big ass rock or rope. I got some quality rope made for a man who's devoid of hope like you are. My buddy, Michael. Oh, that's Malcolm? Yeah, Malcolm, right. And I won't leave you swinging there, twitching like a fish while you claw the air. I'll grab your feet and pal of mine. I'll pull real hard and snap your spinal cord. This world is cold when you're alone and they ignore you. But don't kill yourself. We'll do it for you. Got a friend. It's so funny. Is listening to it the first time. I didn't obviously have no context for it at all, yeah. so I don't know who was where or what was talking. And like I'm listening to the lyrics, being like, "What is this song? Like, is this song about what I think it's about?" And then you read it. Yes, it's about two guys basically comedically trying to talk a guy out of killing himself. Yeah. By talking about other ways, he, like a friend would kill you for you, maybe oh, yeah, using yeah, a big yeah. ass rock. <laughs> because they've all been thinking about it, but right. like you don't like you know it's like dude, it's like come on, like we've all been there, but like dude. <laughs> Come on. And it's, it's and not I like that the, bad. And I like at the end where they tell him to shut up. They're just like, this isn't about you. Yeah, this <laughs> isn't about you. Like, this is what we need to get through our day. Right. <laughs> We're glad you're still alive. but <laughs> And everything else. But, you know, calm your body. You're fine. Um, yeah, I mean, the show was a hit, too. Like, and it's, it's run. It ran for two years and 770 performances. It did, did very, very well. It was definitely, you know, and was it a Jerry? It is a Jerry Mitchell joint. Yeah. Um, choreography. I don't think he directed the. No, directed by Jack O'Brien. It was nominated for ten Tony Awards. It famously won none because the big show that year was The Producers. Ah. Oh yeah, two thousand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that won a couple of Tonys. You can hear yeah, this just, in the background. Yeah, yeah. I think they're moving furniture outside. Yeah. Uh, Ripley Greer, baby. <laughs> Living the, living the dream here at Ripley Greer. Um, speaking of which, we're going to run out of time on our rental. So That's I wanted to uh, um, ask you about, though, that uh, so you do, you say you do, you do some film work, but you also, I mean, you do your YouTube show do, and you do stand up. And I do stand up and I'm a. And you're an audition reader. Here. And I'm an audition reader. I do pretty much everything just to keep the boat afloat in New York. But, right. Um, yeah, I, I mainly moved to New York to like mainly just do musicals for the most part, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was going well for a while, and then it just uh, yeah, other stuff just kind of started. Honestly, I'm I'm at that point where I'm I'll do anything as long as someone will pay me to do it. You know what I'm saying? I, that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> I, that's not the most proud thing I've ever said. Sure, but it's like you know it's. Uh, 
I'm uh, like we were talking about earlier. I'm in. I'm just. I'm in the. I'm in the mode of not quitting right now. Sure, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Part of not quitting is just doing whatever you can yeah. to, to not you quit. Know? Yeah, so yeah. I'm just. Uh, I'm working on my hour right now. Uh, oh, okay. Stand up wise, which should be uh, hopefully this next year. Oh right. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just uh, performing as much as I can, mm-hmm. writing as much as I can, and then just uh, yeah, YouTube. For the most part, just uh, youtube.com slash previewed. With Which a, is a great show. With no ED, just D. If you, yes, that's important. I will put a link to it in the description because it it would be the favorite of everybody who listens to this podcast. It's definitely my favorite episode of Previewed, which is the Cats trailer. Oh, yeah. That's um, definitely the one to Which watch. is, yeah. You're, and I said it on Twitter. Your face when that trailer is over is the best representation of how I felt and I think a lot of people felt after watching that trailer. Yeah. I love Adam in that episode too who knows nothing about cats. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is is that we we structured our show... Uh, we we consider ourselves like the mystery science theater of trailer reactors, mm-hmm. and that like we're just gonna like crack jokes afterwards, mm-hmm. and like we have a lot to say about all the trailers we watch. But that one is like one of our more popular episodes, and it's after we watch the trailer, it's like thirty minutes or thirty seconds of just straight silence because mm-hmm. we're just completely dumbfounded by what we just watched. And people are like, "I loved it when you guys were silent," and I was like, "Ah, so what are we doing? What? It- oh, so we- so not talking is the secret? Okay, cool." Great. Well, not talking is the hardest part, though. You I know guess. that. Like, well, yeah, but it yeah. is. But being silent as a comedic bit is so hard. But it's also like not only hard to not talk because your instinct is to talk, but also to know like, have we done it long enough? And if I go longer, will that be funny or something? <laughs> uh, but no, you're. It was a genuine like shock, and I did. Yeah, you saying it's just cats over and over again it's like could be my ringtone I just thought left so hard <laughs> it's just cats it's just cats it's the whole show it's, it's just cats. cats they just talk about who they are and then it's over right yeah the movie's not gonna be like that dude movie's I gonna be I can only imagine what that movie's gonna be like I can, it's I, never gonna be better than it is in our minds right now that's my kind of like and it's not great in my mind so I'm I am simultaneously terrified and excited to see the cats movie that's my huh you know what I mean because I feel like it's not going to be enough of a disaster for me to put it in my like my shelf of bad movies to be like, oh, tonight we're going to watch Cats. This is bonkers. Yeah. You know? it, it, but it's not going to be good enough for me to be like, oh, wow, that really made me like enjoy Cats. I love seeing like a bad movie. Oh, yeah. You know, like when you... They're the best. We went and saw, we went and saw opening day. Me and Adam and Kimberly and a couple other people went and saw Geostorm. Oh. With, uh, it was the weather yes. like, disaster movie. Yes, yes, with, yes, yes. Uh, Where the weather has a skull. Yeah, dude. It Geostorm's awesome. Dude. It was like it was one of my favorite movie watching experiences of all time. But oh, yeah, yeah, Cats is not going to be that, that's it's not a, gonna be an epic. It's film. going to have the sin of like just it's run gonna, in the fence. It's gonna be like Les Mis. It's going uh, to be yeah. just good enough to get through, and it's not a good enough musical where that's fine. Like, Les Mis was a, on balance, positive movie-going experience for me because the musical's really good, but yeah. the movie's not very good, And but it, it's fine because the musical's very good. The Cats success is, is, for, like, a, a popular, like, musical movie, Yeah, you need to swing for the fences a little bit. You do. It, you need to kind of, it needs to be out of the box. It, you need to go there. Because a lot like like Lame is, it was like, wow, that's the safest thing I've ever seen. Right. Wow, that was so safe. Mm-hmm. Like they just did Lame is. They didn't make really any choices. Whereas like people are like, I don't want to see Lame is on screen, and I'm like, yeah, because it's just gonna be 
Like, it's actually better in a movie because you're seeing things in a movie you've never seen before because it's like, oh, this would happen on stage. Right. And I'm like, they're like, oh, Moulin Rouge was good. I'm like, yeah, because they already kind of nailed it. Right. I think they, that's where, like, shows like that, I'm like, I. Yeah, I don't, that doesn't. It doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't interest me, yeah. When the medium, when when they, when the art is already, like, finished in the medium that it's in. Mm Mm-hmm. You're just you're just trying to get money from me. Yeah, and that's where that it's a reprint. Me. It's like a novelization. You're yeah. just like I, I don't I don't need that. Like I don't like I'll even I'll even give you that like the high like the high fidelity musical we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. At least they were trying they were trying to make make it something. Mm-hmm. That's true. On on the the it's musical version, swing. they were trying to do something. So yeah. on that respect, like that's why I kind of still listen to it from time to time, and mm-hmm. I, I pseudo respect it because at least they were trying. And that's also to me what makes epically bad movies so entertaining is like The Room is a big swing, oh, Battlefield yeah. Earth is a really big swing, <laughs> Xanadu is the biggest swing. And have you seen The Apple? I have seen The Apple. The Apple. Oh my god! Okay. I've just been oh introduced to the Apple. The Apple. Have you seen "Can't Stop the Music," the Village People movie? No. Oh my god! My it's, buddy it's put my wife into labor. It my was buddy so Andrew has been doing. Uh, he's been doing screenings mm. of the Apple in New York. He bought. Oh my god! He got the film like yeah, the screening the distribution rights. rights. Yeah, yeah. And so he's been doing oh, the like. Apple is... He's like, I'm going to make this a cult classic. It I'm is. Cool. Well, yeah. yes, but he was like, but like a lot of people don't know about it. He's like, I, I'm making it my life's work to educate you know, people it is, about the Apple. It's funny. Musical people don't know about it. What's so funny? Like I find film people know the Apple because it's oh, bonkers. Man. But like musical people should know the Apple because oh, yeah. it is. And it's Nigel. What's his name? Oh, from Can't yeah. Stop the Music. <laughs> Real fast. What's your favorite song from the Full Monty? Oh, I, I think Breeze Off the River is. Mm. I think it is David Yazbek's best song. And I never feel like somebody, somebody calls a father. I can't explain when I look at you, kid. It's like a mirror. It spins my head. It wakes me like the breeze off the river. Every time I see your face. And it's strange but familiar Like a map of a better place and It's so simple and so evocative It gets to its point It express, You know, like, like it's, it's like a love song but not Which, and what makes like a good love song in my opinion Is when you say You say more than how many words you're using Mm-hmm like it's the the economy of lyrics in that song. He is, is such a good lyricist. You walk with me is also mm-hmm. a really really solid mm-hmm. song. Are you alone there in the valley? No, not alone. For you walk, you walk with me. Is it the wind there over my shoulder? Is it your voice calling quietly over the hilltop down in the valley? Never alone for you. 
like those are just too just they're uh, they're almost uh, they're almost better than the show they're in. <laughs> you know what I, know I mean? What you mean? Yeah. Because like there's some just a lot of the song like uh, Full Monty's awesome, but there are a couple of songs that could use a re- like Woman's World is kind of tough. Yeah. Uh, there's some just tough songs in the show, but those in particular, like I think those elevate the show past like what it should be. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. Yeah, it's better than it should be. I mean that that there's a lot of. Shows like that that I really appreciate that are like even just the opening. The da, 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 I'm just like I'm already kind of like oh no here we go. <sighs> 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 Want look at that man across? I was the- say, <laughs> just thinking about that guy at Circle in the Square. <sighs> 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 I don't know what I'm doing. Thank you so much, Jay. Oh, thank this you for so having wonderful. Me. So everybody can find you online. You're uh, at on, the Jay Schmidt. I am the Jay Schmidt on Twitter on and Instagram. And if uh, you look up uh, previewed on YouTube, you can find all of our videos there. And it also has links to some of my stand-up tapes and all of that good fun stuff. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on all platforms at UnknownPenguin. Enjoying yourself? Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell the world. You can also find the original cast on Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, and wherever fine podcasts are available. My thanks to Jay Schmidt for coming and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. <laughs>